You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Take those old movies off the shelf. <laughs> Sorry, wrong movie, wrong movie. But I would watch Risky Business too, right? So now Tom Cruise has like a son of his own. And, and he's out there playing with the boys. Uh, yeah, but they go to Tijuana together to get him laid. And But then it turns out Tijuana's actually a magical kingdom where he's got to like save the elven mm-hmm. princess and like a, something about a unicorn. That's the first five years of Tom Cruise's career, right there. Yeah, I just wanted to see and win the, string that together. And win the big football game. Yes, yes, yes. There's a little yes. cocktail in there, isn't there? Oh, and he's got to serve drinks the yeah, whole time. Yeah, driving a race car. Yeah. driving a race car. Tom Cruise was in a lot of movies we discovered looking back on his filmography. I'm like, wow. And he actually kind of started pretty strong right from the beginning. Like, he was in a movie that was kind of a minor hit called Endless Love. And from there, it's just everything right. he's in, he's at yeah. least playing a large supporting character in it. Like, even the outside he's like one of the smallest roles in it and yet one of the most memorable characters in the film this was the original top gun was like what would we say 1986 86, right yeah. the same year yeah. he did color of money he had great, a hell of a thing about great, in the first movie. like five years of career he had coppola tony scott oh. martin scorsese he's one of those guys whose just career took off real quick and he went from like oh who's that cute young guy to okay there's just no denying this guy's actually a capital letters movie star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's only a handful of actors every generation that really get to that point where everyone kind of agrees, this guy's a movie star. Yeah. And he has, has let it go. Like, no, we're 40 know. years deep, clinging on with his stunt-worn fingers. And, and then yeah. from Top Gun to A Few Good Men, it's like, cool, so you can do action to, oh, now you're doing a courtroom drama like with the highest level of degree, Jesus Christ. Presumably the blood of virgins doesn't hurt either because there's absolutely no chance that I think that in the sequel Top Gun Maverick there wasn't some CG smoothing going on because <laughs> there's shots in here where you're like, you literally could be the same age you were in the original. Yeah, no, I, 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 as someone who's been up close to Tom Cruise, it's Crow's Feet City. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is this is by the director of Tron Legacy who <laughs> did that to Jeff Bridges, yeah. so I'm like, oh, well, I mean, he looks younger than John Hamm in this, where it's like, John Hamm's supposed to be the younger commanding officer. It's just like, John Hamm has more gray hairs than you do. <laughs> and Ed Harris is probably not that much older than Cruz. Looks like the fucking mummy. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, sue the mummy. Looks, Tom Cruise uh, will sue you for it. Ed Harris is like, there's something done there. Yeah, he's way older. Yeah, he looks definitely. way older. They like lit him from behind so all the craggles came out. But, exactly. you know, here we are. Somebody said, you know what? I think people are clamoring for a new Top Gun. Spoiler, I don't think they were. No, but, you know who uh, was? Tom Cruise. Tom he was Cruise. Like, you know what I haven't done in a while? You know what? I'm gonna I, get in a fucking jet. You know what IP I'd like to return to? Form to old to fly in a jet and you know because just like the first one they just made deals with the fucking navy and air force like oh this is going to be good for you guys for recruitment so they're actually using real proper equipment cruz is actually flying in fucking jets with of course somebody else probably behind him doing the actual work yeah still i could see why you would want to do this but here's the thing the original as popular as it was 
is definitely a cornball movie. I mean, it's war propaganda. It's super corny and predictable, but God damn, people loved it. I mean, I loved it when it came out. I even go back every couple years and rewatch it and go, there's so much I, there's this movie that is so stupid and yet there's something so inherently So Chris, you're saying every it. once in a while you just lost that love and feeling, then you watch yes. it again, you realize you missed it. <laughs> <sighs> Great balls of fire. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, before we let Ben get too into the danger zone, we'll go Oof. and introduce everybody here. I'm Chris. Joining me is Ben, Frank, and Alan. Yeah, I think a lot of this was really Cruz going, who has been saying for years he wanted to return and do this somehow, and everyone going, I don't know, how do you really make, I mean, the original is kind of corny, how do we do that? He's like, well, I guess we keep it corny. So who do we get that is the worst screenwriter working in Hollywood today, and one of the best ones? Oh, we'll have Christopher McQuarrie, who co-writes the Mission Impossible films, which are excellent, yeah. and Aaron Kruger, who literally has never written a good film in his career. You're wrong about that. Oh, wait, there was one. Okay. There was one. I well, forget. there's three, and I can't uh, remember. The, I can't no, remember. but I don't trust you on that. I, well, I don't trust you. For, I mean, I don't trust <laughs> you either. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> no, I'm no, I know I'm not going to trust but you. But you acknowledge this, he is one of the worst screenwriters. He is one of the worst. He wrote Dumbo, so His output is a lot worse there's more uh, misses than his but he did write the skeleton key which i like oh, i and didn't care for that one no. arlington road which i really did not care well. for that one either and i can't what was the one that you did like then? <laughs> there's one he did one horror film and i he like did the, one ring. Very, the ring the that ring that was it that that's was the it. only no. one i'm like that's so, genuinely which is also an adaptation so those are the yeah, so those are the enough. three that they're shining but, stars but, anyway go ahead but i'm like you know so you're like we get the guy to do the corny bad stuff and we get the guy who like probably couldn't do that if he tried and actually knows how to write a taut script and make them bang heads together and you come up with this which is basically how do we keep that feeling of the original and yet give a new story i mean it's called top gun maverick it might as well just been called top gun 2 or just maverick i don't know the thing i really love about this movie is that it really does have that 80s cheesy earnestness to it it's It's like chasing that hard it's blockbuster filmmaking at its best where it's it's a lot of just like and now we're at this scene and next this happens look at these movie stars their shirts are off look at this scene these planes are going fast but it embraces it fully it's not embarrassed by it it's it's embracing completely the formula from the first film in in ways that are like not even trying to be subtle it might as well have been top gun the new batch because it's just like and here's the same group but new all military people are exactly the same archetypes again the story here is that basically Maverick, Pete, Tom Cruise, is still a captain, and not because he gets knocked down. He just doesn't want to stop flying jets. So despite uh, after 36 years of being a pilot, he's still just a pilot, a captain yeah. in the Navy. He's like working on his own personal, like his older plane and stuff. And there's an opening scene just because you got to be clear, he may be old. But he's still Maverick. <laughs> when they're like, oh, the boss is coming. He wants to shut all this down, this test thing. He's like, yeah, well, he's not here yet. And so we get to go and go Mach 10 in a super modern plane and stuff. Everyone is basically just saying in this scene, like, God, I'd suck his dick if they asked me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this every is, character. Yeah, this scene yeah, is AKA much. Tom Cruise wanted to get in this plane and go fly really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, find a way to get me in this plane because I want to be in it. Yeah. But Ed Harris, a gruff captain, you shouldn't have done that. But now, despite everything, apparently you're being shipped out uh, back to Top Gun where you're going to be uh, a teacher there for this top secret mission. I didn't do it. It was uh, Iceman, who we will eventually see briefly in this film, played by the unfortunately very ill Val Kilmer. Mm. It is a sweet scene, to be fair. So he's like, okay, well, what is the deal? So he goes there and they're told with the commanding officer there being played by John Hamm that look we've got the best of the best of the last couple of years of top gun pilots uh, from the program and they have been brought together here and you're going to train them all and pick them all to go on this mission that's for all extensive purposes 
insano suicide mission. Yeah. Just like, no, I don't think I, we're the, literally even like the, the John Hamm, who's himself like a graduate top of his class. It's like, I don't think this is even possible, but we got to try. <laughs> even though I was like, the movie started with high tech. Can't you just fly a drone bomb like directly into the place? That's the point of the movie. I, I was like, uh, I know, but I was well, like, we don't have a movie then, Chris. I, I kept going, <laughs> it seems like maybe that, okay, never mind. It's fine. We'll go with it. But anyway, so it involves flying through well, canyons. You can't use the force. <laughs> involves, it's basically like the, the run on the Death Star is, with more like, curves and stuff <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that they've got to do in Iran against a enriched uranium plant. So he's got to get these kids together who are, of course, just like in the original movie, this wild array of very cocky personalities all with their own call signs the most notable one really being rooster played by miles teller who is the son of goose from the original movie who cruz was sort of like kind of watching from distance trying to be a father figure but they had some a falling out which the movie gets into later what it was meanwhile there's also jennifer Connolly, who is I, alan assures me having recently rewatched top gun that is mentioned in passing that she well, exists i didn't assure you i film. think there's a throwaway dialogue in one where yeah. Meg Ryan's talking about like, oh, I heard all about the Admiral's daughter, and, and like someone's like, oh, Penny, and he's like, oh, you heard yeah, about that? That's right. So like them scouring and finding a way to get him a romantic lead. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. go, uh, who, what was the name of that person we mentioned <laughs> yeah, in the scene? Right. Okay. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly's playing Penny. So, the she's and even that she's like a former love interest, as you said, and like, a, but he shows up and it's one of those like Marion and Indiana Jones moments, like, oh, you come walking into my bar. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really chasing that. But the upshot is John Hamm does not like Tom Cruise in this movie. It is constantly like, oh, you're too, you're cra- too crazy, Maverick, and this will never work. The pilot's not sure they can trust him. He's at loggerheads with his with Goose's son. Somehow they got to get this mission done, and there's a clock running out on it very fast. But you know what? How could he both be a really good teacher and still be that crazy edge of your seat? I don't follow the rules, Maverick. Well, of course, the movie finds a way. <laughs> well, he's not a teacher, and he says it himself. Like this isn't like this isn't the gig for me, man. I no. just want to be flying. Well, and what's amazing about this is as much as we've played up the '80s schlock here, it's like there's some actual good like emotional moments in this movie. I mean, the one with Val Kilmer is just terrific it's like oh tom Cruise, you can still emote right you, yeah. you're not just diffusing bombs in the middle of ben, the ukraine all ben, the time or ben something. and i were talking about this after i was like when's the last time you saw him act well, it's been well, all ethan hunt really for the I most mean, but, part are you say the mummy he has some nice acting in the, <laughs> no the, one towards the, the end of the last mission impossible yeah i don't want to i don't want to like his yeah. in fallout when it has the return of his like former like wife yeah it's similar to this it's really like melodramatic broad acting yeah. it's not nuanced by any means you see, and I but felt, he gets emotional i felt he was more intimate with the beats here. I think that's because of the nature of the character. I don't think the way Ethan Hunt is written has continued to be written. There's no room for him to do that over there. Well, there's no time usually. There's no time <laughs> at all. And, and this movie does take a lot more time on those sort of dramatic stuff in between. And I'll be honest, for me, most of that stuff, outside of sort of like desperately chasing some of the same dramatic beats in the original, I'm kind of laughing at it, slash not even sure with it, maybe. But I did get to the point where I thought most of that stuff was pretty dull. The Val Kilmer scene, yes, but that's partially just because it's so sad to see Val Kilmer in such bad shape yeah but it's also it's like if there's going to be a send-off for val kilmer's movie career yeah like this is like the best possible way unless they want to make top secret too i thought (laughs) uh, that'd be a different movie i thought the emotional beats worked here in terms of a full circle moment for the character 
And I was talking to somebody afterwards. It's like, well, the plot is like nothing. I'm like, well, you know, the plot is really nothing. And they've got points to hit and they do it. And if it's not about spectacle, it's more about the character and him and where he's stuck in his life. And and most of that stuff is just like, okay, we know all that in the first 15 minutes of but the you're film. Either, but you either latch on to that kind of a character arc or you don't. That might be the struggle for this movie because people just want the spectacle. You know, that's fine. But you also need to. Of course, yeah, you this need this. And, I mean, because without it, it's just a stunt show. It's like yeah. watching YouTube. Yeah, clips. exactly. And, and like that's boring. That's, well, it's Mission Impossible, well, isn't it? I don't know about that. Well, let's I let's, mean, let's, hold, let's pump the brakes on there. Uh, uh, those are really great movies. Well, it's, well so. like, I'm sorry. The 25th Candy Corn is not as you know fun as the second one. I mean, just come on. <laughs> but I mean, I think that is an issue here because like I didn't really have a lot of fun with the non in the air scenes, but all the in the air scenes here are shot so well. They're so They're glorious, so exciting. Yeah. And the whole third act of this is just pure pleasure once it's like okay we're actually going on the mission now and the mission is cool it's exciting it's shot so well mm-hmm. i love that there's a point you really think that oh man they're really going to do this like do us like yeah. that <laughs> and then they just add there's like this whole added on like action sequence it's beautiful <laughs> it's just yeah. fun and i like, had a oh, huge smile like yeah. i couldn't believe it i was like they're going all in on like everything you could want are three sort of characters in tears like maverick yeah. then rooster <laughs> then like as like your like adversary of this movie hangman yeah and like, kind of those, like man from the everyone original. needs like their beat yeah. and it's like the movie's really giving it for the fans here like every beat is hit and that's what this is for i mean he, he, there was even a little intro with tom cruise talking like we did this for you and i'm like i believe it because they looked at the original and they went how do we make this basically stick exactly to this formula and show the things that people want to see that they remembered and they love I mean, it even starts off with danger zone right yeah. you're like right then i'm like oh we're in for that type of movie well, actually yeah okay i think this the open this movie is brilliant and like it's a mission statement. It opens with the original score, the original text from the original movie, like giving you right. the breakdown of what Top Gun mm-hmm. is. Top Gun Maverick, which segues into Danger Zone to a montage of planes taking off and flying. I was like, okay. Which honestly didn't even connect with anything else because it's on an air carrier. Then we go to the desert. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's, see. but that's, but it's telling you like, <laughs> yeah. you remember, it's t- telling you, you like, you remember Top Gun? Here's the score. Here's yeah. the big song. Here are planes flying. It's preparing like, for exactly you- what this movie is going to yes. be. Yeah. Which is a lot of that. Even yes. points that there's no reason for certain shots to be in there. Like, contextually but they do it anyway because you're like remember this shot from the movie oh, yeah, yeah you're honestly, doing it again but i don't know i think it had its own flavor at the same time too i saw throwbacks especially in the intro but they weren't really distracting or they didn't really take away from you know what this story was no but i agree the with story you, also man. has like four screenwriters <laughs> so no, i i don't find it distracting at all but honestly you yeah, the plane combat is what it's there for and honestly any one of those flight scenes is great and it's so great that they did so much practical but then like again as Chris was saying the third act there's like a scene where there's four planes up in the air being chased by missiles and you're just like I love this what's happening yeah. it made, why, me, why it made me go this? like as much as I wasn't a big fan of John Legacy uh, this guy maybe should direct one of the Star Wars films that involves lots of dogfights because oh, yeah. he's it's really yeah, good at yeah. shooting those scenes well, and that was like the yeah. big thing about the original what's touted so much about it is like the real planes the real flying mm-hmm. and how they shot those dogfights it was incredible for that time and it still is incredible as someone who watched it two days ago I was like holy shit this is tony scott good director like he's a really good filmmaker right and this one is that leveled up with today's like capabilities it's so good it is 80s cheese nostalgia that's like our template it's our starting point but i do think it's measured enough it's upgraded to standard like filmmaking pacing and editing and acting where it's not like oh i'm watching a complete retread like it's all there Mm -hmm. but it is there's leveled up and things that turn slightly askew they are creating its own story if even if the story is 
very uh the story the story so secondary yeah Yeah, it's it's secondary after the character the character it's not die hard and die hard 2 retelling its story exactly it's it's an action movie and it's a character piece at the same time all all those scenes you're talking about like all the movies like this are built on is caring if the characters like are going to get over their emotional journey we know they're not going to die maybe some might but we don't know like rooster Maverick, what's going to happen to the thing? And you care about both of them at the end of the movie and, and the actions working towards that. What's weird is that so much of the film that is heading towards the down the nostalgia road for the original is so melancholy. There's a lot of this that's a deeply melancholy toned sort of like, this is your last chance. I is love the- that though, because it, it grounds it. There are a lot of those, you know, really heightened moments. And I don't want to say the word cheesy. I don't think it was that cheesy, but it's up and down. And I like that. I, I think it needed that sort of groundedness. Well, keep going to your final thoughts, Frank. I really like this i found this to be more emotional than i was expecting it to be like i welled up a few times i really love this character that maverick has spent his entire life is almost almost punishing himself by not letting himself move up or embrace higher ranks of success he's never gotten over what happened and he won't let himself get over he'd rather just be stuck in that place and just sort of just you know torture himself doing this in a way even though he's like sort of drafted into this it's atonement not a second chance but it's a way for him to sort of like make up for things for what's been holding him back i wasn't expecting to see that at all i was expecting action which i got in great action every flight sequence here and they're all pretty different from the opening to like the really really incredible climax which just kept on going and going in, in the best possible way they're also thrilling and involving lady gaga did the score for this because you yeah. think of Top Gun, you think of Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, and it's that single that she has out right now called Hold My Hand or whatever it is. The movie um, ended with it, right? Yeah. Was, the movie yeah. ended with it. And her and Hans Zimmer just basically we, remixed the song. They look at, it says music by Lady Gaga, Hans Zimmer, and Harold Faltemeyer. And you think, those are three people I never pictured yeah, working together. Yeah, it's a hell of a class. Basically, she wrote the song, she recorded it, and then they drafted her. And, they, and her and these guys, Zimmer and those guys... They basically just remixed the song throughout, yeah. like in different arrangements. Great arrangements, though. A lot of these characters are basically flat. Glenn Powell, who plays Hangman, I mean, he, he's the most like conventional villain in the world. All time smarmy, arrogant. Yeah, I mean, like, he, like, he, he right? fits so strongly in the eighties that like if they were to remake Revenge of the Nerds, there's no question he would play the bad guy. He's got no, you're not allowed to see on his side of the mountain. No, uh, there's <laughs> exactly. absolutely like no color to him whatsoever. Jennifer Connelly, I don't care how many scenes you put her in, she's just there as a function. The only two characters you really need to have any investment in are yeah. Rooster and Maverick, and you do, and it works. It works on that level. It works on a lot of levels. This is a really, really great sequel it's a full circle sequel and i'm, I'm glad we got it i'm gonna give this eight out of ten oh, lady gaga songs fuck i'm so tired guys i'm so sorry <laughs> uh ben there's not a lot much more to say about like getting into spoilers because the plot is kind of predictable but it's predictable in just like that way you kind of want for an 80s action movie i kind of know what i'm getting but it's also being done in an incredibly good way and i'm with frank I found a lot of the emotional beats actually work for me they weren't you know they're not gonna win an oscar they're not gonna be like this is the best performance i've seen this year but they hit when they need to hit they have enough weight for me to you know go with it even if yeah, I'm with Frank as well. Jennifer Connelly's character kind of is just like, we need to give Maverick a love interest because he had a love interest in the first movie. There needs to be some <laughs> drama there. Even though it's kind of like the most weightless romance they could have written because nothing has a bearing on the rest of the plot. Nope. Except for he needed a pep talk at one point in this damn movie. But the action's there. It's a sequel that wasn't needed, but also doesn't feel out of place or like a waste of your time we got to see an imax which is always a pleasure when we get that as a press screening and i gotta recommend it to anyone if you want to see this movie see it in imax it's worth it it's going to be worth watching again i really want to 
I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten hangers in the desert full of motorcycles I'm sure Tom Cruise actually owns. <laughs> uh, Alan. Yeah, I've got to agree like both Ben and Frank like on the emotional scenes like they're there to hold up the weight of the action and they work in that way they're not it's like holy shit these are the best parts of the movie it's not like that it's they're there to get you to the next scene but they're not so dull or like makes you roll your eyes and same thing what Frank said about the action scenes they are varied which is something that the original Top Gun doesn't quite have like the flight scenes are incredible but they all kind of feel the same it's really hard to kind of find your place in the action because it's hard to orient yourself and this movie does a really good job of orienting yourself with like your pilots and the maneuvers are doing and what the dangers are it at times can feel like pure chaos when it's supposed to but when you're supposed to know where the danger's at and what needs to be done to get out of it like you really understand it along with the mission that they're trying to achieve because you spend so much time with them training for it that you feel really invested when they're doing the final mission you know exactly what they need to do and when like that type of script writing for action filmmaking is really smart because so many times especially in third acts of movies the action feels like chaos weightless it's like oh big explosions big spectacle but I'm not really invested in what's happening mm-hmm. And this every beat of the end action sequence, you're completely invested until it kind of goes off the rails. And it's like a surprise because like, oh, we knew it was supposed to happen this mission and this wasn't it. Something went wrong. And now it's like a nice surprise to the audience. That, that type of filmmaking is excellent when it comes to action stuff. I really, really, really loved it. I hope it's a big success because like big blockbuster filmmaking, like a throwback blockbuster mm, like this. Yes. You know, it is IP. It is franchise. It's a sequel. But in like the root of when blockbuster filmmaking was at like its height in yeah. the 80s, it's a kind of exciting to have a throwback like this that isn't just pure fan service. There's new stuff here. And there's like exciting new techniques in filmmaking that makes it it's truly exciting. And please see in the theater. If you can't make it to IMAX, at least make it to a theater. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it eight and a half out of, eh, let's go nine out of <laughs> ten great balls of fire. Yeah, you guys <laughs> like this a lot more than I did, which isn't to say I didn't enjoy it, but I also disagree with you on a lot of your points. I think this movie's 50% fan service, and there's nothing in wrong with that. I mean, the original is a really corny movie that works despite itself, and this is a really corny movie that works despite itself. And it's exactly what a sequel made 30-some years after the original to Top Gun should probably be. People who really love Top Gun are going to eat this up like crazy. Like that lady uh, in like the background? A, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's made for them. I did. It, as I was leaving, I heard an old man go, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Thanks. <laughs> so, like, it's, <laughs> it's made for a certain type of person, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, you have, sometimes you have to look at, okay, who is this for? You know exactly who this is for. And that's not really me as much, but I can still have fun and be along for the ride. I think they could have pulled back quite a bit on the just redoing the same formula, which I feel 90% of this is really, they're just almost beat for beat. <laughs> so I don't want to make a story that's not that in this set, in that No, world. but I'm saying, that's what I'm saying is that I think that that works fine for oh, a right, sequel right, yeah. to Top Gun. It's just for me as an, uh, you know, as a jaded old movie critic, I'm like, okay, here we go. I don't even know if I can call it lazy because, again, I think they just came to the conclusion, I don't know if there's another way to do this but that. Yeah. Fine. I probably won't watch this again, but I'm glad I saw it, and I'm really glad I saw it in IMAX because, man, it mm. just uh, rumbles through your bones and the points. I mean, sit close, man. This is one of those movies like a Fast and the Furious film. Sit close to the screen and just let those action scenes go. But I thought a lot of the script was dog shit in terms of dialogue. Of like, Sometimes you have to like sit, you hear it, and then kind of read it out to yourself and go like see it on the page and go, someone wrote that. Fuck. Mm. You can That's tell the Kruger, terrible. You can tell the Kruger lines. You can tell the Kruger lines 100%. <laughs> Man, it's a nightmare on Tom Cruise Street. Uh, 
anyway, yeah, I'm I'm very mixed about it, but I do think, like I said, if you think of yourself as one of those people who's like, you're so excited about this, you love the original, this sounds right up your alley, it almost certainly will be. And if you're more like me, like, did the world need a Top Gun sequel? But sure, okay, the original's fun, I guess. Then you'll probably react like I did, which is still enough to give it, like, six and a half out of ten great balls of fire in the sky. Because oh, <laughs> there. there's a few, quite a few of those, yes, especially yes, in the are. third act. There's some things that go boom. And I like things that go boom in my movies. <laughs> yeah. Unlike Frank is like, ugh, spectacle. I'm like, no, more I spectacle. spectacle. More spectacle. I want like a balance. I just want to have dessert for dinner every night. Gotcha. So yeah, Frank wants to see Baz Luhrmann's Top Gun 3. I would watch I Baz would Luhrmann's watch the shit Top out of that. <laughs> I would watch anything that starts Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> <laughs>